0: Welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go.
1: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Today we have Lindsay Wander. If you want to find her, you can find her at Lindsay at worldwide tutoring.com. Also, her website, if you want to get a little bit more insight and you don't want to talk to her first, or maybe that's how you feel, you can find her stuff at www.worldwisetutoring.com. Also, if you didn't know, she has a nonprofit, Educate, Radiate, Elevate. If you want to find that, like I said, just contact her on her email. Ms. Lindsay, how are you doing today?
2: I am good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I am doing great. So I like to jump 10 toes in. Who are you? Tell me where you're from. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, Originally from California. I'm now in Chicago, been here past decade. I started worldwide tutoring when I moved to Chicago. So we are a decade in and we're doing well and thriving despite the pandemic, mm. although it was a little rough for a while there. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then, like you said, now I have the nonprofit as well. And my background before being a business owner was nothing to do with business, actually. Uh, I went to school originally for biomedical engineering. Mm -mm. And then had an internship that had to do with teaching um, inner city kids, fell in love, went back to school for my teaching credential. And I taught for several years um, biology, math and STEM, which is science, technology, engineering and math in South Central California. And when I moved to Chicago, I started tutoring full time rather than just using it to supplement my income and just blew up and Started having a successful business, and here I am a decade later. We have about 60 tutors, and we're in two different states, so doing well.
1: All right, so what's the other state that you guys are in?
2: Also in Texas, so Illinois and Texas. That's a
1: big uh, separation right there, Gap, isn't it?
2: It is, but you know, it's funny because I get a lot of people who are like, "Why Texas?" There's a lot of similarities in the way the educational system is set up in both states. Um, a lot of similarities in family family values and the emphasis on education. So it's honestly just an easy transition.
1: Okay, so why why switch from being a biomedical engineer to tutoring? That's a it's a big jump. That's
2: a big leap. It is a big leap. And and, you know, when I first switched from biomedical engineering to teaching in inner city schools, (laughs) um, I had a lot of people who were like, what are you doing? Um, I was even told and I still remember this because it was shocking then, that I was wasting my intelligence, which I mean, just goes to show the value that's put on teachers. You know, it just that blew my mind. Um, those same naysayers later on saw me teach and were like, okay, now I get it. So really, you know, I've always loved learning. I've always had a passion for, you know, growth and exploration, but I myself was one of those problem kids. And really what it came down to is I think I was just bored um, with what was going on in school. It wasn't challenging me enough. And Now it's funny, I have a lot of students like that. And even when I was a classroom teacher, I would start the year with like 25 kids and end with close to 40 because I'd get all the problem kids that no one could handle and they were fine in my room. So it's really not the kid, it's the system and the way things are taught is what I realized really quickly. Um, And I applied a lot of what I had in my life where I had a few teachers who saw through the behavior Knew I just needed a little bit of extra attention and gave it to me. Whether it was bringing me books or you know meeting with me after school for extra lessons, they knew I just wanted more learning and I wasn't getting it. So I've taken that into my teaching. I've made things very student centered. We have a lot of fun. Um, That's the number one goal at all times is to have fun. And I don't focus that much on the grades and the test scores, even though we get good grades and test scores. We really work on Just becoming lifelong learners, you know, learning the skills you need for life, um, enjoying the process of learning rather than having all the stress and the worry and the the doubt that surrounds it. And what I've seen as a classroom teacher and as a tutor is just exceptional growth, and it's been really cool. You know, now that I've been in the education field for close to two decades, I've had students who've gone through the whole school process and are now adults who've reached out to me and to see, you know, where they have come from and where they are now, it's pretty incredible.
1: So stepping to the unknown apparently was something that you were comfortable with. But what challenges like did you come across, especially like like you said, I understand because I was a pre-med major in. College. So, uh, definitely get that. So I, I just, yeah. I know that had to be a huge transition. So what, what did you go through?
2: Definitely initially was a lot of other people projecting their worries and doubts onto me well-meaning, but I had to learn to weed through that and go, Nope, that this is what feels right. And I'm going to do it. Um, I've learned that from an early age to do what felt right. Some people call it intuition. Some call it a gut feeling, whatever it is. Even if people around me are saying it's not a good idea, the fact that it feels good to me, I go for it. And it's always taken me to a good place. You know, sometimes that means moving across the world completely by myself. And people are like, what are you doing? And it was exactly where I was supposed to be, you know? quitting my job and starting the business, seriously, you have a stable job with health insurance. And here I am now doing exactly what I love. So there is a lot of times where I had to weed through, that's your doubt, that's your worry, it has nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. and find what was really meant for me. um, And really stick to it. Even with that, though, I've had a lot of self doubt. Um, I've had a lot of times where, you know, a new idea is presented to me or I come up with something and then I'm like, that's not going to work or why would I even try that? And so that's still something I'm grappling with. And I do think it stems from things from my childhood and kind of working through what was said to me that I've internalized. Um, And it's a growing process. (laughs) You know, I'm always, always trying to improve in that. But I've gotten better at checking it and knowing when it's something that is you know, just a old process that's still kind of coming through. And when it is actually a, a warning sign of stop for a minute, think this through before you just jump right in. Because sometimes I get excited about new ideas and I want to do it all. Um, so there's there's been a lot of growing and learning here. But I think the genuine, the bottom line of it is to really stick to what my values are, what my passions are you know what my interests are and always coming back to that and the big picture and I really haven't gone astray since
1: So how do you stay motivated then because it seems like you have so much to take care of especially you said you have like 63 I think you said 65
2: Yeah over 60 and now two businesses and anyone who's in the nonprofit world holy cow <laughs> like nonprofit I mean, owning a business, psh, like I could do that in my sleep, but nonprofit, oof, that's a lot of work. World. So so yeah, it's a lot.
1: <laughs> so what do you do? Like, how do, what are your routines? What are the things that you continuously tell yourself to keep pushing? Like, how do you dig deep to make sure that, you know, you keep at the top of your game? Because I'm pretty sure dealing with, like you said, all of this stuff that is just coming at you, like rapid fire, you've got to have... Something that keeps you stable and grounded, you
2: know? I mean, well, number one, I'm always learning. So I, as busy as I am, I read every day. I'm attending webinars. I'm listening to podcasts. Like I'm constantly learning and that gets me excited because I get new ideas and I want to try them out. I'm also in a career where I get feedback constantly Mm -hmm. from my students, from their parents, from my tutors who are always just saying how much they love this company and they love what we're doing. So that's really motivating. But I think that that also comes from the work I've put in and building those relationships and not making it so transactional and really getting to know our clients and my staff on a deeper level, which helps my business, but also um, gives me the chance to get a lot of feedback about how that's been good for them. And so that's been a motivation too. And then the other thing, you know, which I didn't really foresee, being able to create jobs that people love is really a cool feeling. Um, A lot of my tutors, this is their second job. This is like kind of their escape (laughs) from their other job because they do get that immediate gratification. And it is so um, motivating and exciting to constantly be, you know, doing something different every single day when you have that monotonous maybe day job. and. Being able to also create jobs for some of my staff, like my assistant and the people who are doing my website and the marketing, and you know, things that they love to do that I could probably do, but it's like I don't really want to do it. I'm not good at it. Um, And I'd rather give it to someone else. So, that in itself has been kind of a cool feeling to know that I'm creating work that people actually enjoy um, in the process of also having a successful business for myself and enjoying what I do. That's been a a really nice motivator.
1: So I got to get into your business a little bit. If you don't mind, I want to know. I want to know obstacles. I got to know the bad. I want to know what have you gone through, like you said, trying to build this baby and get it to where it is now, like dealing with COVID. What did you have to overcome? What were some trials and tribulations that really challenged your, like, you know, drive and grit to really want to create this tutoring business. I don't want the fluff. I want you to give yes. it to me straight.
2: Let's let's do it. I'll be honest because this is what we want. I held myself back for for many years because I had an idea of what an entrepreneur was mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be that person. I thought when you were a successful business owner, you were you've lost touch. You now people were numbers and figures, and they weren't really people anymore. And I was terrified of that happening. And so I stopped myself. I told myself only 10 tutors in this state, and only in this state. And I'm not growing any bigger than this. And that, you know, turning, I'm going to turn people away. And I really prevented my own growth. Then COVID hit. (laughs) And because I was just coasting and wasn't really growing when COVID hit and all the uncertainty of what's happening with schools, what's happening in politics, what's happening socially, there was just so much uncertainty. And then our students, because they were so well-equipped, didn't need us anymore because school basically took a hit and and they were able to manage the tiny bit that they were um, being given. We really dropped in students. And what kept me up at night was back to what I was saying before. I didn't have jobs for my tutors. And they were messaging me like, I got laid off from my other job. I'm not doing this. This is money I was relying on. And I'm like, so that really put a flame under my butt of, all right, you know what? Stop holding yourself back because of these natural ups and downs, you have to constantly be climbing. And what I had to do was really embrace the idea of delegation, which is hard when it's your baby and you want things done a certain way. Um, to be able to hand it over to someone else and trust them to do it just as well as you're doing it, and that's a very difficult step. Even you know, with the tutoring, was already hard enough for me to bring tutors on, but I still was able to manage and control. And now I'm bringing in other people who are handling the onboarding and all the accounting, and it's it's hard. Um, and I have my own trust issues there, right? Like, and maybe a little control issues, um, which business owner doesn't, but. Let learning to let go of a lot of that and really just trust the process to be able to grow was really valuable. Now I'm 200% what we were last year um, and have tripled our staff. So it was, it was good to do that, but it was very, 2020 took a lot of self-reflection, a lot of who am I, what do I want for myself, not just the business, um, what's really important to me you know, a lot of my own doubts, a lot of my own labels, I put on things, I had to really check a lot of things personally, in order to make that growth in my business.
1: So where do you feel is the heart and soul of your business? Is it in the tutoring? Or would you say, does it come from the people that you're helping?
2: It's, it's meeting people where they are. Hmm. And seeing them for who they are, rather than trying to shape them into something that they're not. Um, Again, from my experience, you know, I was labeled this, this and that, and I kind of took those labels as fact. And it wasn't until later on that I realized that's not me. That's not what I'm interested in. That's not who I am. Um, And I want to really seek to bring that out in my students and also in my tutors and, you know, bridge the gap with the parents and letting them know that it's okay for their kid to pursue their interests and to find their unique voice. I mean, we know all these adults who are in these careers and they're successful, but they hate it because they did something that someone else told them they should do. And that's really, I think, what the heart of it is, is I'm trying to get everyone to figure out who they are, what they're interested in, and then guide them on that path with tools and resources and support, rather than trying to push them in a direction that we think they should be in.
1: So um, I just want to know, what are the limitations of your tutoring? Is it just kids or can it be adults or older people or like where does it stop or does it continue to grow? How does that work for your tutoring?
2: So this is where I'm going to say something that's probably going to be unpopular, because I know that a lot of people say, find a very narrow niche in your business and kind of stick to that. Mm -hmm. I say, and this goes along with my value system, any age, any subject, any ability, bring it on. (laughs) Like, so we have students as young as two. I have students in their 60s. Um, And especially with the pandemic, you know, we've had a really big range of ages, I really want to be able to provide supports for anyone. I don't want to turn people away. And the way that, you know, I guess what keeps everyone in common is that for some reason the traditional system isn't working for them, which is most people um, because the traditional system is broken. And so we're really trying to give things um, a more personalized approach, again, trying to meet them where they are and ultimately trying to get them off of tutoring trying to empower them with the strategies and the skills so they don't need us anymore, which is another strange thing to say as a business owner, um, to get them to not need us. But one of my favorite things is when I get emails from parents that are like, hey, they're doing really well. I think we're going to take a little break and see how things go if they manage it on their own. Awesome. Celebration. Because that's really how we're going to propel society forward, is empowering people with the tools to do things on their own and then think of the ripple effects of that. So going back to the original question, <laughs> um, I would say, and I already kind of lost my train of thought. Sorry. Nice. Um, been a long day, but I would say that the, the biggest thing is, is getting them to be able to manage what they're doing on their own and feel empowered to make changes in their life, whatever way that is.
1: Okay. So um, what else is there? Like what is in store for the future? What special things do you have cooking up that you're allowed and free to tell us? And I mean, is there anything else that you would love to share that we can be, you know, knowing what's about to happen?
2: Um, Some things I'm really excited about is I have taken what we do as educators and broken it down for parents to be able to implement a lot of strategies on their own at home. A lot of it's just changing the way you talk to kids and the opportunities you present to them, Um, that it's really, really meaningful. I always say small changes are big changes. That's been really fun because again, I feel like I'm helping in ways and empowering people that if I can't be there in every situation, I'm at least giving them the tools. Um, I'm also trying to get in with schools to show them that this doesn't have to be separate curriculum you know, teaching kids these soft skills, the executive functions, the empathy, the interpersonal skills, this doesn't have to be separate, you can actually intertwine it into your curriculum and, and not have to take away from hitting those standards. Um, in fact, it will actually improve your chances of hitting those standards because you're going at a deeper level with the kids. So I'm really trying to get the word out about that as well. And um, I'm also trying to bring fun back to learning. So we've done a lot of enrichment classes, which have been really exciting, just to get the kids excited and exploring again. Because I've been really sad about how you know bored they are with everything that's been going on the past year. Learning should be so fun, and they're just over it and they've given up and they don't want. They're not engaging, and it it breaks my heart. So we're trying to bring the enjoyment back. And then the last thing, obviously, is the nonprofit. Um, I'm really concerned about the widening of the achievement gap, how the pandemic has hit our black and brown communities really hard, not just, you know, with the pandemic itself, but the school closures and, you know, everything else. And so um, my nonprofit's really geared towards giving the same really high quality tutoring to low-income students of color. And I'm really excited about that because there's been projections of what is this going to do? This, these school closures 20, 30, 40 years from now Um, And how can we bridge that gap now and I really do feel like I have a good recipe for that and I want to be able to give it to people who really have promise and can achieve they just need the resources and the tools and the help. Um, And from my experience I mean they can do it, you know race and your poverty is not destiny you actually can succeed, we were scoring higher than the Beverly Hills kids and we were in South Central, Mm. so it's totally possible. Um, so I really am trying to spread that message and to be able to help students who, who really need it.
1: Well, Ms. Lindsay, I appreciate your time. If you want to contact Ms. Lindsay, you can contact her at Lindsay at worldwisetutoring.com. Check out our website at www.worldwisetutoring.com. Also check out that nonprofit, educate, radiate, elevate. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you
0: for having me on. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you're a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag profiles in persistence. I love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up. Ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time.